it, Laz. It's your loving touch, dear. Those extra fingers provide just the right. Oh, nonsense! It's just that you've got too few. I don't know if the machine is fixed, but we have wakened Topsy. I worry, Evie. She sleeps too much. It worries me. Where, where's Owen? I haven't heard his whistle. I sent him out behind the fortress to gather some vegetables, and he likes to play in the green, to lie in the grass. Well, best name for it, I suppose. He won't wander. You know, he always follows the string. Ever since he got his dime store whistle, he's been more careful about falling. He's afraid he'll lose it. You're wasting power. You're right. Sorry. The last glow wind hit us directly. Thank God, the fortress, the cliff we live in, deflected it from the garden. I should say something about this place, home. I don't know if you'll ever see it, Owen, and we don't know, Topsy, if you can either. Your eyes are strange to both your mother and I, but perhaps we we call it the fortress because that's what it looks like. An escarpment with arms curving around the garden valley, almost like the band of a ring. In the center, a sheer rock wall, a massive rectangle of obsidian juts into the desert of glass, almost like a chin that says, "Come on, you bum, hit me." Well, that's where we live, in rooms with walls smooth as glass, partially hollowed by the final fires. We face onto the glass desert, which is. Hard to describe. I find it much more less attractive than your mother does. Evie, you're, you're you're better at this. Bring the machine to the door. It's easier if I look out. Okay. The desert of glass, children, is black. Your father has told me that it was once a rolling field of a plant called wheat. Which was golden in the、um, the sunlight. Yes, the sunlight. Like our garden valley, the fields were countless millions of grains of dark earth. Now it is a seemingly endless black mirror that gleams in the soft glow of our day. The desert of glass rolls in gentle undulation to the far horizon. It is very sweet and smooth and peaceful. In the wind, the desert flickers, catching here and there the soft purple and violet and green and orange lights from the sky. Nothing lives in the desert, but the desert is alive. When the wind sweeps in from the warm orange horizon, which rings the world, it drives little bits of the broken desert before it. That is why some of the younger members of the family called the desert of glass, the land of chimes. But your father does not like that name, so I rarely use it. But listen, it is the sound of the desert singing, and deep beneath the chimes, the desert shatters, and shimmering dark crystals fly into the sky like swarms of fireflies or fairies dancing in the day glow. But you don't see it like that, do you, Laz? No. The children should know what you see too. How the world is different than it was in, in the before. The sky, children, is a purple bowl set over the dry black skull of the world, and from purple it shades to violet, and from violet to red, and from red to the dull and dead orange of a winter's sunset veiled in pollution. And it is that band of orange which rests on the glass desert, 
and which is all the horizon we have in this poor, dying world. Currents of cutting shards of glass swirl with the wind across the desert's floor, and black geysers explode upward as the ground settles and the earth trembles in her long sleep. Do you hate it so, Lazarus? Hate it? The black and purple of a world in mourning? Of course I hate it, don't you? It is the only world I've ever known. The only one our children will ever know. If we do not see it as beautiful, what do we have left? I love you and am sorry for you. You have lived too long. I'm going inside. That's enough recording for today. This is the fourth... No, the fifth recording. Oh, I forgot to number the last. It is... Owen? Owen? What is it? Lazarus! Owen, what's wrong? Is it a glow-in? Owen, don't run! He, he wants us to follow him to the garden. Most wonderful thing has happened today, and I must tell you about it, children. And I am sure that, that, that when you hear this in later years, Owen, you will laugh at your first fears. You must not be frightened of them. Your father says that you will never see them, not as we do. But I know you will learn to warm to their touch, their soft, warm fur and quick bodies. Your father's outside now, coaxing them into a little home he has built for them, behind the wall of the fortress. Owen, you found them, or rather they found you while you were out playing in the garden. When we followed you out, I was so frightened. <laughs> I didn't know what... Well, there they were, digging for roots. When they saw your father and me, they just stopped and sat there on their hind legs and their little paws crossed on their chests and... <laughs> well, they just looked at us, just as nice as you please. I was quite startled. I'd never seen such things before. And then the littlest one, a baby, I guess, scampered up to me and let me pat it. They have long, bushy tails, little ears, and the biggest brown eyes. Oh... Your father says they are little animals, which used to be very common in the before. He called them, uh, um, what did you call them, dear? Squirrels. Evie, they're squirrels. Why, we used to have thousands, millions of them. They, they used to eat nuts, live in trees. I don't know how they survived. There haven't been any trees since, well, even before then. What a surprise. I put them in a sheltered place behind the fortress, out of the way of the glow winds near the garden. Well, I guess we'll eat a couple of less carrots, but think of it, heavy squirrels. And one of them's a kit. You know what that means? They're not sterile. They can reproduce true to their kind, so there'll be more. And someday, when the trees come back, our grandchildren will be able to... to... our grandchildren... What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing, Evie. You were looking at my hands. My twelve fingers. No, I wasn't. I was just... And now my eyes. My amber-slitted eyes. My cat's eyes. Isn't that what you call them? Evie, I didn't mean... If the squirrels can breed true, why can't we? Or is it, why can't I? No, Evie, you are perfect. You are what you are. What am I, Lazarus? What am I? I'd better go feed the kids. No, 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 no. That didn't come out right. I, Evie, I love you. You are the most beautiful woman I know. I just meant that women before were... Normal. 
Is that it, Lazarus? Ten fingers, ten toes, round eyes, normal. Did you do so well? We did as well as we could. Look out that door to that place you hate. Is that as well as you can do? Uh, this is later. I'm part of the fifth. Evie and I have had our first fight. After many years, men and women used to fight all the time. <laughs> Maybe the world is returning to normal. It was wrong, kids. Evie, what, what I thought, what went through my mind, it was seeing the squirrels that brought back the past, what used to be normal. And for a moment, I saw Evie, your mother, whom I do dearly love for what she is. I saw her as I might have seen her 20 years, a century ago, her six-fingered hands, her amber eyes. For a moment, I saw her as a freak, what we used to call someone who deviated from the norm. But there really is no norm anymore. Your mother, you two, me, we're all just another variety now. The squirrels have taken up in the nest I built them, moved in lock, stock, and bedding straw. They're very tame. They've no fear of us anymore. I offer them carrots, and they sit on their hind legs and look at me with their great, solemn brown eyes. They seem to ask, Why have you done this? Something is happening. Uh, this is the sixth recording, three sleep periods after the squirrels came. An old saying fits here. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. First, the best of times. The squirrels came visiting, and one of them, the female, I think, hopped into your crib, Topsy. We, we thought you'd be frightened, an unseen, unknown thing in your bed. Well, little girl, you turned your head, reached out, and took the animal into your arms. It showed your mother and I something, well, you already know. You're not blind. You can see with those opalescent eyes, which are very pretty, but very strange, even to your mother. Which brings me to the worst of times. Evie has had nightmares, what she calls glow winds in her brain. She says there's something far off in the glass desert, below the horizon. I can't hear anything, but her hearing and sight are more sensitive than mine. She says the breaking of the glass crust is more intense, more rhythmic somehow. I, I don't know. She says I should include the recording we made of the scientist now because he talked about the wheel, the fear that's driven us for so long. I rummaged around in, in the junk down below where I found your whistle, Owen. And I found another beat-up old tape machine. It has the words K-Rock stenciled on it. We may be living in the remnants of an old radio station. <laughs> That's a laugh. I am um, I'm going to play the tape of the scientists on that machine and record it through the microphone into this one. I hope you can understand it. Hold on while I work this out. Lazarus, let me... I should explain about the scientist's children. Uh, we saw him uh, four or, or five growing seasons ago, soon after we settled in the fortress. Soon after you were born, Owen. Before you were, Topsy. He came to us as your father came to me, out of the desert of glass, almost dead from hunger. It was several days before he could talk. He was very old and thin. His hair was completely gray. <laughs> 
And I thought he had the sickness one day when he ran his fingers through his hair and it all came off. It wasn't his hair. He called it a rug. A final um, affection. <laughs> Affectation. Affectation from the days before. Is it ready, Laz? Who knows? I don't know how far we can push the juice, but let's give it a shot. Here, pop the microphone up on this cup. Okay, here goes nothing. Oh, nuts. Uh, d d hang on. Uh, stop the tape. Is it on? It seems to be. One, two, three. The needle's moving. I'm going to tell you about the wheel. It's the one thing on this lousy cinder of a planet you have left to fear. You can avoid the glow, whatchamacallits. The glow-ins. Yeah, right. But if you see the wheel... If it sees you, you're dead. You got a radio? A radio? There aren't any stations. Well, they weren't worth listening to when there were. You got a radio? I, I, uh, no, 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 no I don't think well, so. Well, this tape recorder will do. It'll tell you when the wheel is coming. You ever wonder why the sky is purple and you can't see the sun? The, the sky? What the hell does that have to do with... Laz, he's very old. His mind wanders. Yeah, that's right, uh, uh... Evie. Yeah, Evie. Wanders. You got any more, uh, what do you call it, uh, the black stuff? Chicory? The coffee? Yeah. Makes it better, not bitter. You got any more? Yeah, sure, old-timer. I'll get some. Now, tell me about the wheel. The sky's the color purple because the dust the ICBMs kicked up. A hundred, three hundred, five hundred blasts kicked up more dust than Krakatoa. It's all up there in the jet stream now. Sun can't get through it. That's why there's no winter anymore. Or seasons at all, really. Greenhouse effect balanced out the nuclear winter. Keeps the heat in. Screwed up a lot of fellas' theories. <laughs> Lucky they're dead. The disappointment would have killed them. Thanks for the coffee, Evie. Uh, uh, That's right. No more winters, no more sun, no more world. How, how far you figure we're from the coast? Uh, coast? To the east? East? What's east? You got a compass that won't point to every radioactive pit? You got a sun you can see? East? I don't know from east any more than you do, boy. East. Dead reckoning. That way. That way. I don't know. Well, you said you were from Long Island. Yeah, but... Well, that was the coast, for God's sake. What is the coast? That's where the sea is. That's where the great Atlantic Ocean hisses on the beaches and the surf and the rocks sing their ancient song. Oh. I was a marine biologist before the war. And the sea was my way of life. I, I want to see it again. I, I want to know if there's still life in it. We all came from the sea. It was the cradle of life once. I want to know if it will be again. I want to hear the surf on the shore. A long, low song. You are going to tell us about the wheel. The wheel was the last insane act of an insane world. It became the ultimate doomsday machine. 
It is the ultimate doomsday. Power's down. Damn. I don't. Now, this is a, a sleeping period later. Power's up enough. I hope to run both machines. Oh, and the children, the squirrels have paid us a social call. They came in and sniffed around, played and laughed, and Topsy, oh, how you laughed, you children. Owen blew his whistle a lot. Yes, he did. It's such a nice sound to hear you blow that whistle, Owen. Here we go. Is the ultimate doomsday machine. I don't know who built it, who had the idea that once it killed everything, we could go begin again, or which criminal nation let it loose on the world. Its function is simple, even if its engineering isn't. The wheel is a death machine. It was built as an unmanned robot to find all damaged life and kill it. So that, like the great lava spills at the beginning of time, the Earth could be scorched clean, clean from the nuclear holocaust, and in three or five or who knows how many generations, it could support new life. But it didn't work that way. The plan went wrong. I don't know if it was one country tried to take it over or it just malfunctioned. It was supposed to walk the Earth once and die and leave the ashes for the future. Instead, it just keeps rolling over and over the Earth, creating dust from dust. And if there was a way to shut it off, that knowledge died with its makers. It's powered by some kind of matter-antimatter system. And it kills anything that is alive. Plants, people, fungus, bacteria, virus, you name it. It sterilizes, leaving dusty gray husks, forms, shapes of what was. But there's nothing in them. Sucks the soul out. Where it goes now and how it's guided, no one knows. But where it's been, there's nothing. And it makes sure there never will be again. The flickering lights we saw. The ruts, the pits. It kills with lasers of some kind. and it, it sees with them, too. I saw the wheel once. It didn't see me. Don't know why. The wheel is huge. Maybe 500 feet tall. 200 wide. And black. So black it seems to suck up light so you can't see anything about it. Except its eyes. That's what you watch for. What it watches you with. Pinpoints of blue-white light at its center. Like the pearly eyes of a black sea urchin. We shot the damn thing we did. A bunch of us. Scientists and other fools. We nailed it with a laser. And we hit it, too. Far on its right side. We hit it. But it didn't do any good. And only I survived. The others were like terracotta statues. Sterile dust. What you see in the Deadlands. I've had better coffee. Can I get you... There's two ways you know it's coming. One is you hear it. But by then it's too late. The wheel's got mass totally out of proportion through its size. Big as it is. It isn't a machine as we know, or new machines. It rolls around the planet, killing, killing. And you can hear its lasers, like high-voltage electricity, arcing. 
Lazarus, we heard, we saw... But most of all, you can hear its thunder, its stabilizers, the flaw in its design. Coming at you, the wheel looks like a, a huge spider, because on each side are pistons, huge cylinders on legs. They steady the thing. Spider's legs, weighing hundreds of tons, driving into the earth. Drum, drum, drum. Uh, more coffee? You got whiskey? Uh, I don't know. I'll check. But it moves fast. Hearing it won't help. That's why you need the tape machine of yours. How will it help? I'll tell you. The energy field. The wheel throws off an energy field that makes white noise on radios. Ought to work on a tape machine. First, there's just a little. But as it gets closer, the white noise increases. But what does it sound like? White noise? Hard to describe. It, well, it's like falling water. No, no, it's more more like surf. Like, like waves hissing on the shore. Like waves. Gotta go now. C can you spare some food? Of course, but go where? That way. That way. Oh, no, no, no. Stay with us. Yes, stay here. You got a baby in your belly. And a little lad back there. And this big fellow's got you. I haven't got anything. Except my ocean. And I haven't got much time to find it. Better turn off your tape. You're wasting energy. I wonder if he found it. I wonder if he found his ocean. Well, this is the uh, seventh, I, I guess the seventh recording. I'm very tired, and I'll make it short. About two sleep periods since the scientist tape. Evie's very edgy. Nightmares. Glow winds in her brain, as she says, and now they're giving her violent headaches. I, I pray to whatever gods there are that she's not sick. We have no real medicine left, some aspirin and antibiotics that are dangerously old. She dreams there's something beyond the horizon. I mean, should we run again? Or to where? And how do we run with you children? Well, enough for now. I'm very tired. If you'd only just listened, we'd have heard it hours ago. Oh, God. Topsy. Topsy. She's okay, darling. Oh, oh and stop. Stop it! The white noise is on the tape. The damn surf. You must have heard it, Evie, and your dreams. Lazarus, help me. Help me. We have to run to hide. How, how close is it? How close? Shut up! Evie, come here. Listen. Listen. Oh, Topsy. Oh, and God, we betrayed you. I can't hear it. I can't hear anything. Maybe we have time. It's far away. Listen to me. I hear it. I see it. Just the pencil line on the orange horizon. A little black line. We must have time. We must have time. Oh, my God. My God. It's grown by half already. It's huge. It's, it's not a wheel. It is a spider. A great black spider with a web that... Get away from the door. We have to go below. We'll hide. Topsy. Owen, come. Lazarus, you take Owen. Evie's eyes. 
It's eyes on our side. They're dim. Come on. Evie, let's go. Maybe they did damage it. The eyes. Do you have all your things, Owen? <laughs> Come on, Topsy. It's okay. Don't cry. The wheel's gone. It rolled on its insane way to the distant horizon. It missed us children, our little family. We're going to follow the scientists and go in search of the distant sea and the future. Our future. I make this last recording for that future so we can remember what happened in this brief, happy home. We can't carry this tape machine. It's too heavy. And when or if we'll find a way to power it, well, who knows. But we'll take the tapes for the future. For you, too. The wheel is damaged. God willing, it's dying. On one side, the side that passed us, the eyes are dim. Not dead, but dim. And in those insane, howling moments of its passing, I could feel them searching for our lives. On its left, the eyes are deadly, bright, and alive, and it was to that side that the wheel directed its deadly force. The garden is dead and gray, perfectly preserved in dust. The grass, the carrots, the flowers. And sitting, alert and erect, with their paws crossed for eternity on their chests, the family of little squirrels who drew the wheel's fire. Ah, the power's running out. It's time to go. Oh, the needles are moving, Owen. I, I think you got it to work this time. <laughs> that really made them bounce around. Uh, let's see if there's anything on the tape. Really made them bounce around. Uh, let's see if there's anything. My name is Topsy. I am your mother. Your uncle Owen and I. <laughs> have just crossed the desert of glass. It took us... <laughs> That's you, Miriam. Okay, okay, I'll finish this later. <laughs>